Amen. You can be seated. It's the perfect, the perfect song for what we're going to talk about today and what we're going to do today. In your worship folder, there is an outline. It's got a bunch of verses on it that we're going to be going through and then some fill-ins down at the bottom. You can get that. Um, we're, we're in a series, and actually this is the last part of the series, part four of the series, and we've been talking about um, why be common. You know, uncommon is way better, and here's what we looked at. The first week we talked about uncommon knowledge, how followers of Jesus, believers, have an uncommon knowledge. We know the gospel when most people are blinded to it, because until somebody accepts it, they don't get it. It's just like over the head, I don't understand that, and, until they accept it. So the knowledge we have about that, people who follow Jesus, it's uncommon. We talked the second week about having uncommon strength, how as, as believers, God gives us strength to endure life's pressures. We talked about how, yeah, that comes through trials and difficult times, but he gives us that strength. And then last week, we talked about the fact that as followers of Jesus, we have an uncommon destiny. And that we need to align our path, our trajectory, with where we're headed. So if you missed any of those, um, the, the website is still really weird at the moment. But it's there. You can go to iloveourchurch.com. You can go to journeynorthchurch.com too. And it has links for that. You can listen to those. But today, we're going to talk about the fact that we have an uncommon mission. We have an uncommon mission. And also today... We're celebrating 11 years of being on an uncommon mission. 11, that's right. 11 years ago today, Journey North Church had its, per, its first public service. It was so exciting because we had done all this to work up to it, and we're all excited because, like, finally we get to do this every week. And the next week there was an ice storm and we had to cancel. <laughs> So that's not going to happen next week. Lord willing, we're still going to be here next week. But 11 years ago today, we've spent the last 11 years. I thought I heard music. And I just wanted to see if I could name that tune. I don't know. We have spent the last 11 years following Jesus and, and trying and striving to stay true to the mission that he gave us. We've taken the uncommon knowledge of the good news that we received. We've used the uncommon strength that we've gotten through the trials and the struggles. And we've attempted to align our path and share that, share our uncommon destiny with people so that they would be able to experience that hope. Our mission, an uncommon mission, it can be described in a lot of different ways. One of my favorite ways to describe what we do here is this, helping people find true north on this journey called life. I could spend the next hour talking about that sentence. There is so much in that. Helping people find true north on this journey called life. Before we jump into the passage that we've been going through for the last few weeks, I want to show you something that we showed at pretty much the very beginning of Journey North Church. We play it for Class 101, and if you haven't been to Class 101, you need to go to Class 101, and if, you, if you've been there but it's been a while, go again, 
because you'll learn something. It's always good. But we play this at Class 101. We've also played it um, at other events where we want people to get a good visual of who we are and what we do. So I'd like you to just watch and listen um, to this. It's been, we've been doing this for 11 years here. On a dangerous seacoast where shipwrecks often occur, there was once a crude little life-saving station. The building was no more than a hut, and there was only one boat. Both thought for themselves they were few devoted members kept a constant watch over the sea. With little to no thought for themselves, they went out day and night, tirelessly searching for the lost. Some of those who were saved and various others in the surrounding areas wanted to become associated with the station and give their time and money and effort to support the work. New boats were brought in and new crews were trained. And the little life-saving station grew. Some of these new members of the life-saving station were unhappy that the building was so crude and poorly equipped. They felt that a more comfortable place should be provided as the first refuge of those who were saved from the sea. They replaced the emergency cots with beds and put better furniture in the enlarged building. Now the life-saving station became a popular gathering place for its members, and they began to use it sort of as a club. Fewer members were now interested in going to sea on life-saving missions, so they hired lifeboat crews to do this work. The life-saving motif still prevailed in this club's decor, and there was a memorial lifeboat in the room where the club initiations were held. About this time, a large ship was wrecked off the coast, and hired crews brought in boatloads of cold, wet, half-drowned people. They were dirty and sick, and some of them were foreigners. The beautiful new club was in chaos. Immediately, the property committee hired someone to rig up a shower outside the club, where victims of the shipwreck could be cleaned up before coming inside. The outsiders made the life-saving station extremely dirty. At the next meeting, there was a split in the club membership. Most of the members wanted to stop the club's life-saving activities because they felt that they were unpleasant and a hindrance to the normal social life of the club. But a small number of members insisted upon life-saving as their primary mission and pointed out that they were still called a life-saving station. After all, the dissenting group's members were voted down and told that if they wanted to save lives, they could begin. The years went by, however, the news down the coast so they did. As the years went by, however, the new station experienced the same changes that had occurred in the old station. It evolved into a club, and yet another life-saving station was found. History continued to repeat itself, and if you visit that eastern seacoast today, you will find a number of exclusive clubs along that shore. Shipwrecks are still frequent in those waters, but most of the passengers drown. I have literally watched that hundreds of times, and it still gets me. We are going to be a life-saving station. That's what we're going to be and do until Jesus returns. We're going to rescue people. We're going to help all people find true north on this journey called life. 
we've had over 300 people baptized in 11 years, 309 people, hundreds of commitments and recommitments to Jesus. We have an uncommon mission. I'd like to talk about that from the passage of Scripture that we've been going through. We've been going through some chapters of 2 Corinthians, and we kind of began in chapter 5, and we're going to continue in that today. And we're going to look at what we just talked about from this next passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 5. Starting in verse 11, here's what Paul writes to him. Because we understand our fearful responsibility. See, one of the things you're going to see a lot in this passage is about this responsibility. You're also going to see a lot of the we in this passage. We have this responsibility, he said, this fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? He said, no, we're just giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. He's just saying, this is what our heart is. Verse 13 is one of my favorites, how it starts out. If it seems we are crazy, (laughs) we are. (laughs) If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Because he's the one who everybody recognizes will have done it. If we're in our right minds... It's for your benefit. He says, either way. That's something that we need to be able to say. What are you controlled by? We should be controlled by the love of Christ. He said, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. There's a lot of people who like the idea of believing that Christ died for them, but they don't like the idea of believing that they're going to die to their old life. Because they want their cake and eat it too. They want to be able to have all that Jesus offers. But I was really enjoying this other stuff in my life here. And they want to keep going with that. He says, we believe too. We died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life. And that's hugely important here. Because a lot of people believe about Jesus. But they've never received him. They know the story. They hear it, you know, we're coming up on the Christmas story. Shortly after that, it'll be the Easter story, and they'll hear it yet again. They believe it, they've heard it, but they haven't received it. He said, he died for everyone so that those who do receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. That's the reason. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So... We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. And you know what? If we could get just that sentence, it would change everything about our lives. We've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to God. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this message, this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. 
We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You see, when you hear all those we's and all those you's, you hear we have a ministry, you also need to hear you have a ministry. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've stepped across that line, you have a ministry. Too often we think of, of ministry in this, you know, like this formal sense. It's like, you know, that's an organization with a, a 501c3 that has a television thing or something, you know, that's, that's what we think of. That's not what this is at all. When you follow Jesus, God gives you an uncommon mission. That means from now on, you get to carry the message of the good news of the gospel, of hope to everyone you can. That means you have a ministry of reconciling people back to God. So what we're going to do is we're just going to real quickly work backwards kind of a little bit through this passage. And I'm going to share three things with you. Three things that, that will help you get this. That's um, in your notes. Catch, build on each other. The first one is this. Catch the vision. If you're taking notes, that's in your notes. Catch the vision. Because if you don't catch the vision, nothing happens. It not, doesn't even get started or off the ground. Here's what you need to realize. Real life change is possible. Too many people are at the point where they don't believe it's possible. In themselves, sometimes we look at other people and it's like, yeah, it's possible for this person, but not that person. We have to believe that real life change is possible in us, in you, in the people around you because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. In verse 17, it says this, anyone. It's not just the people who started looking good on the outside. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. See, too often um, we see people and we look at them, like he said, like from the outside, from a human point of view, and we can sometimes see people as problems. When we see people as problems, God sees them in, in the possibility in them, the potential for what they can be once they come to this saving, life-changing, uncommon knowledge of the good news about Jesus. Even though he loves us just the way we are. Jesus doesn't love you or me because he saw some good potential and they're going to be something someday. Right where we're at, he loves us more than you could ever imagine. And it's not because we're inherently good. I'm sorry, but if you're one of those people who think that people are inherently good, you need to get out more. <laughs> they're not. I have four grandkids, and I would like to say they're all an exception to the rule, but they're not. And very, very early on, you see sin rearing its ugly head. You know what? We didn't have to teach any of them to do the wrong thing. Isn't that amazing? Just picked it up, just like that. We all do. We don't, God, Jesus didn't pick us. Jesus isn't coming down to rescue us because we're good. It says in verse 21, God made Christ who never sinned. Jesus came, lived a perfect life, a sinless life. The wages of sin is death. Everybody has to pay for that. Jesus didn't have to because he never sinned, 
but he paid for yours. It said, God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's huge. We can have a relationship with God because of what Jesus, that God can accept him when we receive what he said. See, you need to believe that God can and will change the game for people. We have to believe that for you, for your family, for your community, for your nation, for your world. We have to believe that he really can change that. Two weeks ago, somebody came in here, walked through the doors of this church, and had gone through something horrendous that most people will never have to go through. Painful, heart-wrenching thing, and heard the message of uncommon strength that comes through difficult times. And you can go through difficult times. In fact, here's the thing. The the gist of that message was, you're going to go through it anyhow. You might as well get something out of it. And he can give us, if we know Jesus, uncommon strength through that. They came back last week and heard about an uncommon destiny for people who know Jesus. And they gave their life to Jesus last week. Walked up to Mike and said, just want you to know I stepped across the line. How exciting is that? That God is moving and changing people. So first, you have to catch the vision that he really can change people. He really can change you. He really can change those around you. And then second, these get harder, okay? Second, give God your yes. And some of you are thinking immediately, well, what's he asking? Doesn't matter. If you have to qualify it, you're not giving him your best yes. On a regular basis, I have to say, okay, Jesus, the answer's yes. I don't care what the question is. The answer's yes, because I trust you. We have to catch the vision for what God can do in us and through us, around us. And then we have to give God a yes, because you and all of us together, we get to be the agents of the change that God wants to make in the world around us. He could could just come down and do it without us, but he's chosen to use us. We get to be the ones that do that. Let me read, I'm going to read three short parts of these verses that we just looked at, and you're going to pick up a word or words that are similar that you're, you're going to see that there's a theme here. God has given, what's the next word? Us. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. In verse 19, it says, He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And verse 20, So through us, our Christ's ambassadors, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. And in case you kind of missed it, the us and the we is you and me. It's us. We get to do this. So we have this ministry of reconciliation, a a, a mission in the world. I would like you to hear a little bit of someone's story of life change and obedience. I'm going to ask Becca to come on up. She's here somewhere. There she is. (laughs) 
So those of you who uh, don't know me, I'm Becca. I'm the youth director here for the fifth through seventh grade ministry. So that's my, I'm a woo girl. Woo! <laughs> so if you ever hear it, amen, that, that's probably me or my mom. So um, like I said, I'm Becca and I'm one of the youth directors here. And I am just super excited to uh, talk to you about one of our amazing leaders, Renee. Uh, you can pull up the picture of her. Sorry, Renee. Renee's actually here. Renee, if you want to just put your hand up a little bit, that's Renee. She's amazing. Woo! Um, that is one of her granddaughters, Chloe, and then those are just a few of our students. And so I just wanted to give you a visual picture of Renee. Uh, I met Renee a few years ago. She started coming to church here, and she attended Class 101. And if you haven't attended Class 101, I would just echo what Pastor Tim had said, and you should come. It's so, it's so good. I, I've been a few times, and every time I sit through it, I'm like, this is so good, and I'm so excited and passionate and on fire for what God is doing here in our church. And uh, I remember meeting Renee. I was talking to someone next to her about uh, serving in youth group and just the heart and the passion behind uh, why we do what we do and who we're called to reach and minister to. And she leaned over and she was like, hey, I could do that. <laughs> and it was super exciting. And so ever since then, Renee has just hit the ground running and she has not stopped moving ever since. It's super exciting. And so Renee serves in so many areas and it is just so cool to see how God is using her. She is instrumental. She's instrumental in students' spiritual growth through discipleship and Bible memorization and bringing some like amazing treats. And so I'm going to break that down just a little bit because that's not an exhaustive list of all that she does. She does so many other things, but um, those are just some of the amazing things that she does on a Wednesday night. And so when I say she brings treats, we don't have like 20 students. She's bringing 50, 60, 70, 80 <laughs> cupcakes, brownies, uh, muffins, and it's and it, they're really amazing. We call her Grandma Renee because she is just that constant. She is a everyone. She loves everyone like they are her own. She is just that constant care in those kids' lives, and uh, she is as a part of our discipleship process. She is kind of she runs our Bible memorization, and she has just done a phenomenal job. We are just having the first week we did it. We had like. 25 to 30 students who are memorizing these verses and just dozens and dozens of kids after that and it is just so exciting to see how she is encouraging them and um, it's really cool and it's not just uh, she's she's not just talking the talk she's walking the walk because her herself is memorizing these verses and not just her but her whole family her kids and her grandkids one of her I'm not sure how old she is she's like four she comes up to me and she goes the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Exodus 14, 14. And it's just, oh, it is just, it is just amazing to see what Renee has done. Uh, she constantly stays late uh, with her family after events and uh, cleans up and just to show them the importance of serving God and serving others. And she also does many things in secret, only for the eyes of her Heavenly Father to further his kingdom here in Pine City. And it is just it's really cool. I can't look at you because I want to cry because I'm just so, I'm so thankful for what you're doing here. Uh, because of the life transformation in Renee, uh, her kids and her kids' kids, her grandkids have started coming to Journey North and um, they have ultimately accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And because of Renee, because of her life transformation, generations, generations of her family and of students and people 
will be in heaven. Uh, and it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so cool. It's amazing. She understands. She understands our life-saving mission and has given her best yes and continues to give her best yes. And I wouldn't even just say that she understands our life-saving mission. She, she believes it. If you cut her open, man, what we are doing here would just be at the center. And it is just so exciting. Uh, and Renee inspires me every day, every day, to want to win more people for Jesus. And I just hope that this story encourages you as well because, I mean, doesn't she look cool? Doesn't she look happy? I want to be just like Renee. So, so thank you, Renee. I'm just so encouraged by your story and what God is doing in your life. And um, I just want to hang out with her more so maybe more will brush up on me. And maybe I'll soak in some of that life transformation. So thank you for letting me share Renee's story. And thank you, Renee. Thank you. It's still so weird to hear Becca say Pastor Tim because I heard Dad for so many decades that Pastor Tim sounds weird. But um, I also had uh, Julie and I were standing in the back as people were leaving first service, and somebody came up and said, "You realize that I'm here because Renee invited me." <laughs> and it was just one more um, thing. See, when when there is um, life change, when there is obedience and life change, God can do amazing things. And the truth is, each of you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a ministry of reconciliation. You have a mission in the world. And you have to sense that personal, individual responsibility, but you don't have to carry out the mission alone. The passages I read kept saying, we and us, we get to do this together. In fact, we are better together. The Bible calls the church the body of Christ because Jesus ascended back to heaven. He's coming back someday. He's going to return someday until he does. We're it. We're the body of Christ. We're the hope, and we are better together. So if you're a follower of Jesus, we bring people to church on Sunday when we gather together, people who need hope. People who need a little bit of help, we include people in small groups. We do life together. We serve alongside one another. I tell the staff on a regular basis, no one serves alone. We always serve in teams because we're better together. So the first thing you need to do is catch the vision. You need to see what's going on here. You need to see how God can really do that and believe that he can do that. And then you need to give God your best yes and realize it's not about me. It's about him. Give him your best yes. And then here's the third thing. Never forget might be your why. Never forget your why. Might be the most important thing. It's easily just as important as what we're doing. Because if you don't get the why, you won't stick with it long term. You'll find yourself going through the motions. You'll find your life-saving station becoming a clubhouse. Together, we carry out our ministry of reconciliation by sharing the message of the gospel because we do this because, here's the why. I'm going to give you three quick things. We have a responsibility. 
we have a responsibility. It's not a choice. Jesus commissioned us. I mean, he did it in the passage we just read, but there's this thing called, oh, I don't know, the Great Commission, where he said, here's your job. Reach people for Jesus. Connect them. Teach them. You know, bring them in, build them out, teach them how, send them out. That's what we do here. We have a responsibility because he commissioned us to do that. By the way, it's not called the Great Suggestion. (laughs) The second thing is, if we really have experienced that grace, if we really have experienced that hope, we feel a debt of gratitude. I know where I was. I know where I was headed. And I have that debt of gratitude because Jesus saved me. One of the things we say a lot around here is found people find people. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have all the answers. It just says be ready to share the answer for the hope that's in you. When you have that hope, you want to share it. So we realize we have responsibility. We realize I have this debt of gratitude because Jesus saved me. And then the third reason is because we know the possibility. We've heard a little bit about it today already. We know the possibility that God God can and will be working in us, around us, and through us as we go. That's huge. The God who created the universe wants to work in you this week, wants to bring more people hope through you this week. I'd like to read one more short passage for you. This is not up on the screen. So it's just, it's actually the very next verse. It's interesting because this uh, 2 Corinthians, you know, chapter 5 ended. Um, I don't know if you know this, but in, in, except for the book of Psalms, where there's, you know, 150 psalms. Each one of these is like a song kind of thing, you know, a poem kind of thing. Those those are not chapters. Those are psalms. That's like Psalm 1 and Psalm 3. Except for that book, all of the other books, when they have chapters and verses, those weren't in it originally. This, what we're reading today is from 2 Corinthians. It's a letter. Paul wrote a letter to the church at Corinth. You know which letter it was he wrote to them? It's 2 Corinthians. Which letter do you think? This is the second letter he wrote. I don't know if you've ever wrote a letter. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say letter. It's kind of like an email on this stuff. It looks, it looks like this, and you write on it with a pen. If I was going to write a letter, like or an email, I would not say, okay, chapter 1, verse 1, Tim. Pastor at Journey North Church. <laughs> to all the saints. I, it's, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to write a letter. Well, you know what Paul did? He just wrote a letter. They decided, and, and good, it's good, good thing. They decided it's much easier to find stuff if there's chapter and verse. And so that was not added until like the 1500s, like 1500 years after these things were written. And I thought it clarifies. Some of these are really good, these divisions of chapter and verses, and it's just, it, it, it's a good thought. It clarifies everything. And sometimes it's like, I believe the guy who did it did it while he had a book in his hand and a pen in the other hand, and he was riding a horse. <laughs> and it was like this. Okay, that's chapter one, chapter two, because sometimes you stop, and if you'd have gone one more verse, it would have been like, bing, the light comes on. In light of what we just read, talking about our mission. We do this together. Here's the very, very next verse. As God's partners, 
So you're a partner with God on this mission. As God's partners, we beg you, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness. Now, if I stopped there, you'd say, what? He's saying, I'm begging you not to, to word accept is welcome in, to welcome in this incredible gift of God's grace and then ignore it. See, the word ignore here, the literal translation is it amounts to zero. To zero. He's saying, we beg you. Don't, don't welcome this incredible grace that you're experiencing and then let it amount to zero. Because there are way too many people who have recognized the grace. They've accepted the grace. But when you look at the fruit of their life, it's only been good for them. It's amounted to zero. He says in the next verse, he says, Don't, I beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Now that's two-pronged. Because if you don't know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. You're not guaranteed another day, minute, or hour. If you don't know Jesus, today is the day you say, I need to know Jesus. He died for me like we read. He, he took care of my sin problem if I receive him. And I'm not going to let another day go by without saying, Jesus, I'm in. I'm going to step across that line, recognize my sin, turn from that, turn to you and say, Jesus, I'm receiving that free gift of salvation. It's talking about that because today is a day of salvation. But the context of this is us being ministers of reconciliation, of us being people who share the good news. Not today. Now is the right time. Today is the right time. So has God changed you? Do you believe he wants to use you to share the gospel to see change in others? Does God have your big yes? For 11 years at Journey North Church, we have seen God do incredible things. As I said, over 300 people have been baptized because of Journey North Church. Hundreds and hundreds of commitments to Jesus and recommitments to Jesus. And that's, that's, that's one of the most scary things that you can do. Because you're sitting, you're sitting out here and you know God's speaking to me and I need to do this. And even though there's hundreds of people around you, you're just, it's like, oh man, this is just me and God. This is really scary. Until you step across the line and you realize, that's why I always say, remember, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Because when you step across that line, you realize you've just joined this incredible community that is the church. And, and, and you don't have to be alone. So, I, I don't like to do, I don't like to ask for things that I can't do. I didn't want to do this. I had a number of reasons why I didn't want to do this next thing. I want to ask you a question. But I was scared. And I struggled with this all week. But what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask for some boldness. And it's like, well, I can't ask him for boldness if I'm scared, right? <laughs> so I'm just going to, I'm going to boldly ask this. 
Are you ready to be bold? If you have, through the ministry or, or a ministry of Journey North Church or, or people from Journey North Church made a decision to follow Jesus, to commit your life to him, maybe to come back to him and recommit your life to him, you've stepped across that line. Would you please stand up? Look around, people. You can can be seated. God is doing amazing things, and we get to be a part of it. So I'm actually going to give you an opportunity to do what we talked about today, and it's real easy. It's real simple. Go ahead and put the next slide up. Christmas is coming! I can say that because Thanksgiving is over. I'm allowed to say that now. We started a long time ago with this. We did our, I remember we did our first Christmas Eve service, candlelight service, and in my head I'm picturing, oh, there's this little group of people and we got our candles and we're singing Silent Night. And there were so many people that you, you, we were burning the people in front of us. And if the fire marshal would have been there, we'd have been shut down. And so we started, we had another service, and we filled both of those up the next year. And then the following year, we had three, and we filled all three of those up the next year. And so here's what we've started doing. It's a very special time, Christmas at Journey North Church. Instead of having a Christmas Eve service, what we do is we just call it Christmas at Journey North Church. And we have it whenever it works into the schedule to have it. I mean, we've had Christmas Eve services five days before Christmas Eve. We Monday night. And the house is going to be full here Monday night for CR. So if you're looking for a really sweet Christmas Eve service, Monday night, 6 o'clock, be here. But what we're going to do for church is we're doing Christmas at Journey in our church. We started this a few years ago, and it's worked really well. We just do three identical services. They're all the same. We'll end with candlelight, but it's just Christmas at Journey in our church. And it will be on one day this year, on Sunday, December 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve. We'll have our 9 o'clock service, we'll have our 10.30 service, and we'll have a 6 p.m. service. All three of them the same. And here's the idea. You say, well, this one of these three works best for me. Sweet, go to that one. Participate, worship, you know, reconnect with people, with Jesus again. It's just a fun, exciting time. And then you have two other options that you can serve in. And that you can help in. And that you can do something in. And there's another reason we do three. Because we're going to ask you to pray and ask God to lay on your heart somebody who needs to be here. And you might not ask them for a regular service. Or maybe you've asked them and they said no. Maybe you've asked them five times and they've said no. But you know what? They're more likely to say yes to go to a Christmas service than any other time of the year. So just say, you know what? Would you like to come to our Christmas service? They have really good treats. (laughs) <laughs> and you'd be surprised sometimes they'll say yes worst, worst thing that could happen is they'd say no okay how about next week you know, no, whatever you have three opportunities so the service you go to may not be because it's the one you want to go to it may be because the one that the person that you want to invite that's the one they can go to so I'm just going to ask you to step out and be bold and, and be praying and say God show me and then when he does Remember, you can't say, okay, no, somebody else. 
I'd like to choose what's behind door number two. You can't do that when God says, do it, because we're giving him our best yes. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, I am, I am just so thrilled that for years, we have, for 11 years, we have been able to follow you, that we have been able to um, follow you and, and, and take this, this uncommon knowledge this knowledge that, that so, many of the, so much of the world doesn't have. And that we can take this uncommon strength that we've gotten through the trials and, and tribulations and know that we can realign ourselves with this uncommon destiny, that we can be on a trajectory here and now that matches our destiny, knowing that we are on an uncommon mission to, to rescue, to seek, and to save, to offer hope to people who need hope, real hope. And my prayer, Father, is anybody who's listening to this right now, who's never experienced that, they've never experienced having a relationship with Jesus, it's been about church, it's been about rules or regulations or rituals, that today they would realize that that voice whispering to them, it's about Jesus. It's about a relationship with God through Jesus that they'll realize that that's you. And that in simple faith, they can say, I believe that, yes, I, I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus wasn't. He died to pay for my sin. And that by receiving him, I can come into this relationship with you through Jesus. I can have my past forgiven. I can get new meaning and purpose in life today as I become part of this mission. And I can have a living hope for the future. And Father, my prayer is that in simple faith, they would just turn to you today. And that for those here who have already turned to you, maybe they've wandered from the mission. Maybe for them, it's been like that, that those, um, those, what used to be life-saving stations down the eastern seaboard, and they realize that for them, it's just been kind of a club thing. And they're really not concerned with rescuing people. That today, they would truly catch the vision again. They would give God their best yes today and, and never forget that why we're doing it and that they would jump back in with both feet father thank you for what you're doing here for what you're going to continue to do as we follow you we love you and it's in jesus name we pray amen please stand for the closing song so to all the people who have joined us on this journey, who have made Journey North Church possible through your sacrificial giving of your time, your talent, your treasure. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart. And to all the people who have met Jesus and come to know Him better through the ministry and people of Journey North Church, welcome home. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your mission, for allowing us to be a part of seeing your grace where it's so needed. Father, thank you for that. Help us to, to see the possibilities to give you our best yes. And, and whatever you ask of us, that we would do it because of all that you have done for us. Father, thank you for, for each, 
each person who has stepped across that line and claimed Jesus. Father, we are, we are just in awe of what you're doing in us and through us here. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Thank you.